There's not long till the midterm elections, and Democrats are pulling out all of last-minute stunts to get votes. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. Download and subscribe to my daily podcast. Hear me get right into the news of the day. You can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Dana Lash here for Arc Seeds. There's a growing sense of instability and uncertainty. Gas, housing, everyday items are way up. Uh, food prices have the nation reeling. The ability to grow your own healthy food is on almost everybody's mind. So this is why I want to tell you about Arc Seed Kits. You can visit Arc, A-R-K, ArcSeedKits.com and enter code Dana to receive 10% off. Now, Arc Seed Kits, it's a non-GMO seed company. It's family owned and they provide heirloom seeds for across the nation for over 13 years. They want to make sure every home in America has the ability to grow and harvest its own food. Now, these are the highest quality heirloom seeds. They arrive in a sustainable container offering long-term and short-term storage. And they also bring seed-saving knowledge and food preparedness to you and your community. You can get seeds for vegetables and herbs. They have 50,000 organically grown seeds in each kit. We're talking corn, watermelon, cucumbers, lettuce, beans, tomatoes, all kinds of stuff designed to grow new nutrient and calorie dense vegetables and fruits to sustain any home at any time. So, and they can be harvested and regrown year after year. You guys know how heirloom seeds work, right? Chaz Chop in Portland didn't. So visit Arc Seed Kits and enter Dana to get your 10% discount code and be on your way to food and economic security, helping you and your family and your community. It's a limited time offer. Visit arcseedkits.com, A-R-K, and order your seed kits and save 10% today. Well, listen, I know that Charlie's interested in talking about... And by the way, I'm coming back. I'm going to ban assault weapons again. I mean it. He is such a fruit loop. That is uh, Joe Biden, who is... It was a really bizarre presser that he had yesterday. And he was... Uh, speaking on a number of issues and then of course he decides to throw that out dude you don't need one more thing to help beat you to death in the you know politically speaking in midterms you know you you don't need one more thing to do it because it's it's just it's already a lot i have new polling data you know i will say there's been i do agree yes and no with the uh argument that there's been not as much polling data uh, out, you know, typically like you would normally see for, for a, a midterm like this. But now it's like coming in hot and heavy. So we're going to get into some of that. Welcome. Happy Tuesday. Uh, Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon, and a lot to go through. So there was a debate last night between uh, the great value George Hamilton, sorry, Charlie Chris. It's just like such, I don't mean to, that's so mean to George Hamilton. And I know, I know his lovely wife. So I feel like I need to apologize profusely for that. So it was between the great value, George Hamilton and Ron DeSantis. And there's a debate tonight. I think this is like the only debate that they're having with in Pennsylvania, right? Between John Fetterman and Dr. Oz. And I've noticed, and you've probably seen this too, they've been hitting Oz like, oh, he's a TV guy and he's got all of this TV experience and he's so, he's used to talking to patients and 
businesses and making presentations and he's used to speaking in front of people like this and there and you know Fetterman isn't he's he's not a debater he's they're already right now trying to lower any I don't even lowering expectations is not even the correct way to say it they are trying to acclimate you to the idea or to the reality that Fetterman's going to be horrible at this debate. And they were the art. I read a piece yesterday and I have it somewhere listed somewhere saved in my prep. They, I read this piece yesterday where they were trying to make the argument that, well, this, the, the debate is, you know, technically it's ableist. Not even I'm not even making this up, not even making this up. So apparently you don't even have the right to expect any, legit kind of debate if it if if it's a democrat candidate and they are not going to perform well this is crazy so the i mean the debate i i don't i'm going to actually watch tonight because i i'm not going to be satisfied with just getting i think the the sound bites as they come in it's going to be pretty amazing now there was a debate last night as i was saying between chris and ron desantis now Charlie Crist is doing the Democrats work of trying to ding his he had one job no one ever expected Charlie Crist to actually pull this off Democrats did not even expect Charlie Crist to pull this off I don't even think Charlie Crist expected Charlie Crist to pull this off okay the reason the only reason that they have him running is because they they need to ding Ron DeSantis and and mess him up ahead of 2024. That is the whole purpose of this. The whole entire purpose of this. And so they, the whole point was to make sure that he's, you know, they're going to beat him up a little bit. Okay. Well, that didn't really work so well. Um, Didn't really work so well for him yesterday. So I have to play this for you. One of the things that Chris was trying to zero in on with um, DeSantis, he immediately was saying, well, is he going to serve a four-year term? Is he going to serve? I think that the voters in Florida deserve to know. I mean, are you going to serve a four-year term? You can run for president. You're just going to use this as a, you know, you're just going to use this as a, a stepping stone to run for president. And the way that Ron DeSantis responded was chef's kiss. This is what a chef's kiss sounds like. Listen. Well, listen, I know that Charlie's interested in talking about 2024 and Joe Biden, but I just want to make things very, very clear. The only worn out old donkey I'm looking to put out to pasture is Charlie Chris. What an answer. What an answer. Oh, my gosh. Could you feel that? You're going to need some ice for that burn, Charles. Charles isn't in charge down here. No, I don't think so. That was a really, but he was, the, and that was a great answer. The moderator, it was interesting because when you listen to the full thing, the moderator jumped in at one point and was like, no, we, we agreed we're not going to ask candidates about that. First off, by the time the election runs around, he would still be governor, number one. Number two, I would rather have five seconds of Ron DeSantis as a, as a governor of a state I was in than Charlie Crist even anywhere approaching the governor's mansion. Thank you. Seriously? Really? This guy? He was, he's a turncoat because Republicans didn't like him anymore. So he decided to sell out his entire ideology so he could have his ego filleted by the Democrat Party in Florida. 
Let's be real. That's exactly what this whole exercise, this is what what it looks like when a tired old donkey decides that he needs to have his ego massaged more. At least it's not gore with his chakra, but you know, the noose could still come in. Who knows? So was that mean? Because I meant it. I can make it meaner. Just want to double check. That was so great. What, one of the things I like about Ron DeSantis is he doesn't try to copy Trump. I cannot stand when I see these wet paper bags out here that try to do that because then you just look like you just look like a schmuck. It just looks dumb. But when you can tell that he's I mean, for the love, he was in the Navy. You know, I mean, I don't know. I had every all the men in my family in the Navy. Where do you think I learned all my 25 cent words from? OK, that's where I learned them. So he's just not going to tolerate no foolishness. You're not going to mess. So he comes by it honest, right? He comes by it honest. And he has that governor management experience that goes with it. At some parts of the debate, and I did watch some of it, it felt as though he was, I got the sense, he was walking a real real fine line with not being overly patronizing, but also kind of being so. Some of his answers that he had, it's sort of, it made Charlie Chris look like a foolish toddler. I don't know how else to describe it. Audio Soundbite 7. This was really great. And this is another example of how he really put him in his place. And he's like, this guy. Listen. Governor. So we had the border that was in much better shape in January of 2021. The Biden administration reversed almost every policy that was in place, and they opened the floodgates. That's why we have the problem. It's not from some phantom piece of legislation. And, you know, I hear Charlie Chris talking about some of this other stuff. You know, he as a congressman made $174,000 a year. You know how many days he showed up to work in Washington, D.C. this year? 14 days. Imagine that deal for you. You show up 14 days and you make over 100 grand. That's the type of That's effort this guy puts in actually. Oh. Oh man, that hurts so bad. That hurts so good. Oh. Can you imagine? Can, oh, can you imagine a debate between DeSantis and President McUnity? Oh my gosh, it was good. So I'm, I'm anticip- I'm, re- I'm actually looking forward to watching some of the debate tonight with Fetterman and Oz. Even so, this is apparently they're like memes. He's a meme, not in a good way. Not, and I'm not. I'm talking about Fetterman, not DeSantis or Oz, because even my youngest was like, "Who's you know the goofy dude? Who, who the goofy guy who's trying to act like asking him a question is ableist?" So he's kind of apparently being made fun of in school. Not because he's a, he's recovering from a stroke, but because he feels that he is above everybody else, and that he doesn't have to he doesn't have to go through the same thing that every other person running for elected office has to go through because he's privileged because it, he's d different. It's, it's crazy. Okay, so I have I have some uh, oh my gosh I have a bunch of other things because we're gonna have so much Kane the audio we're gonna have tomorrow from the debate. <laughs> hey. Very and like. I feel like we have so much room for activities with all of that. I'm very excited. I, I, I get as excited as I as I know that uh, John C. Riley and Will Ferrell felt when they made their their beds into bunk beds and stepbrothers. Sidebar: You you knew as a kid what that excitement was like. Oh yeah, oh, man. Oh, yeah. All right. So a few other things I want to make sure that we get in that we get into here. Hillary Clinton, because she's still talking. She is already she now remember she said she was robbed in 2016 she called trump illegitimate so did biden so did kamala harris so did every nancy pelosi chuck schumer every democrat now they want to they want to erase that from the public memory so now 
they Hillary Clinton released a video where she's going after right wing extremists who probably already have a literal plan to like literally steal the election. Audio soundbite one. This is so crazy. Right wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right wing controlled Supreme Court. Oh, my God. Maybe poised to rule on giving state legislatures. Yes, you heard me that correctly. You heard me that. Legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. I can't. I can't. So she puts this this thing out. She uh, she puts this thing out that it's a two minute clip. It's the and it, what the hell is this thing? It's the indivisible guide crush the coup. Oh, my gosh. We're going to try to make it through the rest of the segment without spending an inordinate amount of time making fun of this. Crush the coup. It's a coup. They are looking at winning 29 local seats in six swing states, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. I love how she goes out there and just says, all, they have a plan to steal their election. I've, I have no evidence of this at all whatsoever. But I did put on liner on my lower lash line today. I just pointed that out because she normally, I don't think, does that. Uh, I am, where, where are all of the people who are screaming election denying? And why does she look, her eyes open wider than any human's eyes should. She's got some Katy Perry stuff happening with her eyes here. You see that clip of Katy Perry? Like one of her eyes went all wonk. Went straight wonk, man. And she had to like touch it to get it open. It's like you get one of them cheap baby dolls that when you would lay them back, their eyes would close. And then when you brought them back forward, you could tell what was the Walmart one and what was the dollar store one. Because the dollar store one, there was a baby doll whose eye would not ever open all the way. And you had to hit it on the side of the head to get that eye to come unstick. So just <laughs> I thought it was eyelash glue or something at first where it's like she had some rogue Dude, eyelash I don't glue. even know, but she's I mean, my first thing she her she's on stage and her eye just is stuck. Yeah, Juan's putting it on the screen. And right now. if you're watching the simulcast of the nationally syndicated radio show, Juan's got you. He comes in clutch with this with this clip. She like touches her eye and she's like, Oh no, it's stuck, I guess. I'm not supposed to be winking for this long. It it does. It's like one of those one of those baby dolls. You know what I mean? Every girl out there, y'all know what I'm talking about. The Walmart one had it where the eyes would open. Dollar store had one where the head, the plastic was thinner, like you could see light through it, and you had to hit it on the head sometimes because one of the eyes would get stuck. You had to hit it to make it come unstuck. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Sorry, we were broke Democrats. That's what we had. Dollar store baby dolls. Stop it. I have so much more to hit. Uh, I didn't even get into anything else I have in this segment. We got stuck on Hillary Clinton, wonky eyes, and uh, Charlie Chris getting told off. So coming up, I have uh, some economic headlines. We got a whole bunch of stuff related to the border, uh, including uh, where where voters are going as well. They're, the, the border is motivating any last independent Hispanic, apparently, towards voting Republican. Uh, in addition, they're going to be sending out Obama and uh, Obama and Biden to help Fetterman. We're going to talk about that. We have uh, some wokery. Got that for you. We have, uh, ooh, here's a question. I've been seeing this discussion everywhere. Think about this while we go to break. Is Gen X, this is actually a headline, is Gen X a bunch of Trumpers? 
Kane's dying. He just died, came back to life, and died again. So we're gonna we're gonna get into all of it. Think about it though. Think about it. I got some remarks because apparently Gen X is super conservative. Who knew? Folks, stop overpaying and let Recoil Gunworks be your go-to for ammo. This is a great Indiana-based company, and it was actually created in a small basement in 2013. Small Midwest town in their basement, and uh, family-owned, they think like us, and they're really known for over at Recoil Gunworks. They're web-based firearms, ammo, and accessories retailer. They're really known for their police trade-in guns in great shape. They pick them, including the firearms, the lights, the sights, the scopes, tasers, and more. You can buy now, pay later, no interest. And at Recoil Gunworks, they have very, very competitive pricing. Super easy to use website as well. Just visit recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. You can search for whatever you need by caliber, weight, application. You can look for brands like Winchester, Federal. Uh, vast majority of the country, by the way, has no restrictions on receiving ammo and they will note you know they have it all up there very helpfully on their website ammo shipped to your door where legal and they explain that including illinois new jersey and connecticut you need to see the frequently asked questions on that and check the product restrictions page for further state law requirements and restrictions visit recoilgunworks.com slash dana today to get you a full list of products and use code dana to get free shipping on your next order whether you need it in the woods or on the range recoil gunworks gets it there fast and once you make your first order it won't be the last use code dana right now to get free shipping at recoilgunworks.com slash dana and now all of the news you would probably miss it's time for dana's quick five brought to you by caltech is recycling a sham because apparently only five percent of the 51 million tons of american household plastic waste got recycled last year and everything else ended up in a landfill according to a bombshell report but at the same time, it came from Greenpeace. So I don't know if I necessarily trust them, but just, you know, there it is. Is it is it kind of overrated? Uh, they do make it easy, I will say. Five tourists trapped in, a Grand, in Grand Canyon Caverns after the elevator breakdown broke down. They're being rescued. New York Post has this story where five people, they were underground for more than 24 hours in the Grand Canyon Caverns in Arizona. The elevator malfunctioned and everyone was stuck. Oh, man, that sounds terrifying. Also, the world's dirtiest man passes away at age 94 after not showering for 60 years. What? Yeah, 60 years. I don't even think a smell existed with him anymore. We have a lot more in store. Stick with us. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, and marriage. Folks, these subjects are a big part of political dialogue today, and we talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. Right now, my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So what are you waiting for? The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Visit DanaForHillsdale.com to watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation, and sign up for this new, completely free online course. That's DanaForHillsdale.com. DanaForHillsdale.com. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. 
we know that in Latin America, we have our, uh, it's interesting. Uh, they're they're, they're racist category. too, our, our Latino but, people. <laughs> our Latino people are racist. It's okay. They still have a lot of colonial mentality and we have to get through that. Wow. Dude, I'm just, I'm just going to duck at this point, man. Whoa. That's Carla Hernandez, who is the LG nominee with Charlie Crist. And this was, you want to know why? We were just talking about this. You want to know why Hispanics, particularly independent Hispanics, are breaking GOP? Is because of stuff like this. She was, by the way, that's the, is, that's the lady who uh, showed up to a work site in, like, all white, post-Labor Day, fresh blowout acrylic nails, and she, like, struggled with a cordless power drill to just get a screw in. You know, just, um, wow. Wow. Uh, so that's, man, that's a bad soundbite from her. Welcome back to the program. Uh, Dana Lash here with you. That was a Facebook live chat that she was having. That's what that was from. And that's, again, that's Chris's running mate. She comes out and she's, they were, there was a, a, there was a discussion about the, the topic was on the Latin American community in Florida because Democrats, they're kind of freaking out a little bit. They're losing, they're losing everybody, but particularly minority voters and everything that they've been doing with the border, et cetera. I shared a poll with you. Uh, yesterday where it showed that the vast majority of Hispanic voters, they're like, yeah, send people to Martha's Vineyard because it's unfair that people who came here illegally and illegally entered the country and didn't go through everything that everybody else did, that they should be, you know, fast tracked to the front of the line and given special accommodations and uh, accommodated faster than everybody else who who had the respect to do it legally and and came in legally and and followed all of the rules and you know crossed all the t's dotted all the i's and so she comes in she's like oh yeah she goes yeah our latino people are racist it's okay they still have a lot of colonial mentality what in, what does that even mean what does that even mean that's a, and by the way this uh, this discussion is from january it's from january of uh, last year coming out now i guess october surprise yeah. i'm just i just don't under i don't understand what she, what does she mean this colonial mentality i think democrats have a colonial mentality in the way that they treat everybody i mean joe biden himself went out there and was like if you don't vote for me you're not black i have said for years over 10 years now democrats have tried to trademark every identifier They've tried to I, they've tried to trademark being a woman. They've tried to trademark uh, being black. They've tried to trademark being Hispanic, being Latino, being an immigrant. They've tried to trademark being gay. They've tried to trademark absolutely everything. And, and as a way to uh, for this for this empty representation. And they keep acting like, well, we're the party of this. We're the party of, um, you know, the minority party. We're the, but you're not. Like, who are you? Who you've been serving? I mean, when you look, for instance, I've got all these. It's coming up. I have it coming up actually later in the program. But when you look at these headlines on test scores and academics, academic performance by kids now measuring where they are as to where they should be as a consequence of school closures. Kids all over the board are failing, but you know the ones that have been hardest hit. 
kids who've had to rely on public schools, particularly in urban areas, the ones that stayed closed the longest. Those are the ones that have been, those are the kids that are suffering the worst. Who is it that wanted everybody to stay home? You had a bunch of paranoid adults that, that, have, that have kneecapped kids across the country. Kids paid the price for adult paranoia. That's horrible. And that's what it was. That's why I always got so irate when someone was like, oh, the elderly, they, you know, they're worried about, then stay home. No, and everyone acted as though it was selfish to expect someone to stay home. It's selfish to expect kids to sacrifice their youth for your paranoia. If you want to be truly selfless, then you sacrifice. You make the sacrifice. Why in the hell should someone's kid make the sacrifice for you? If you want to have a discussion about what is or isn't selfish, it's pretty selfish to be so generous or so stingy with someone else's abilities and opportunities and time, correct? They got this all backwards. And you wonder why Hispanic voters are breaking towards GOP. Because they're ideological, they're not political. So many, the re, and this is one of the things that I think if the Republicans can continue to play this correctly, it's going to work well for them. Most people are ideological, meaning there's certain things in which they believe in. They're not political, meaning they're not about technically strategizing t- for how to best leverage something for the party. Now, I do think that there's slightly a little bit of overlap there. If you want to accomplish certain ideals, you want to make sure that you have the best strategy to do that. And that might mean you have more of one party than the other party that would oppose your ideals. I mean, that's just uh, just how it works right now. And that's, you know, I, that's transactional. I get it. And a lot of people are looking at this. Democrats don't understand transactional politics anymore. And they're, they're, I think their entire thing used to be built on it, but I, they don't seem to get it. They, they, keep, they pay all this lip service, but what are people getting for it? I mean, think of it. Look at all the businesses that have closed. One of my favorite shows is Bar Rescue. We watch that show every... I, I almost hardly can't go anywhere without looking at everything like John Taffer. I mean, he makes you look at things. You, I mean, I know he makes you look at how everything's structured, the timing, the psychology behind menu layout the psychology behind the way a bar is laid out. I mean, it's science. It's fascinating, actually. And I, I don't know how many seasons there are. There's a ton of different seasons. But I've noticed that one of, my, one of the things that we like to do is when we watch it, we always look up the restaurant to see if it's still open. You would not believe how many of those restaurants that he flipped closed because of the lockdown. Tons of them. A lot of them were minority-owned. Closed because lockdown, closed because lockdown, closed during lockdown. They finally get everything back up and going. There was one that we watched, um, I want to say last week. And it was, can't remember, I want to say it was in, it was near Connecticut. It was in Northeast. They were open for nine months after the flip and then lockdown started and it just destroyed them. This is, it's tough. It's tough out there. Again, it goes back to, People want to be able to run their business. If you're going to tell someone to do something, if you're going to infringe on their liberty, first off, I don't think anything necessitates an infringement, by the way. I mean, that's how far I'll go. But if you're going to tell people to stay home, you're going to to enact eminent domain and seize their ability to work 
then you better base it on science. People were at were more than reasonable during lockdown. And what they found out is they got swindled. Some of us kind of knew it, but a lot of people thought, well, I'm going to do my part 15 days. That turned into two years. And people realized I got tricked. The party that paid me so much lip service straight up tricked me, closed my business, raised, skyrocketed inflation. My wages can't keep up. My kids haven't learned anything for the past two years because they were stuck at home doing remote learning. And Democrats keep thinking, well, they don't they have no solutions for this. None. None. You have Randy Weingarten out there now going, well, it wasn't us. BS lady. It was you. There's video of you all over cable news. Exactly saying it was you. And they wonder why people are breaking for GOP. I have never there have been times when either both parties have gone through these lulls where they really fall out of touch with the electorate. 2012 was a great example of that with Republicans. They completely thought that the voting demographic was still the same thing as it was last time W ran, and it wasn't. And they were unprepared. Democrats were unprepared in 2016. I'm looking at this now. I don't, Democrats don't know who they are. Who is this party? Who are the Democrats? This is a party that ran moderate people out of their party. People who used pro-life Democrats are not welcome there anymore. John F. Kennedy wouldn't even be welcome in this party anymore. The original Bill Clinton wouldn't even be welcome in this party anymore. It is wild. They, they, they have no identity. They are resisting being fully socialist in name. But indeed, 100%. They have, they're having a, an identity crisis, and they're about to get whooped at the polls. And so they're anticipating this by saying, well, it's not because of us. They can't indict their party, their policies. They have to say, well, it's going to be because turnout was suppressed. Or it's going to be because it was stolen, like Hillary Clinton going out and floating this. This is the same way, in the same manner that they're trying to lower expectations tonight for John Fetterman's performance at the debate. Oh, well, you know, he just hasn't been out there. He hasn't been on TV like uh, uh, Mehmet Oz has been. Oh, he hasn't been talking to all kinds of people like, uh, like Oz does. Oh, he's never been much of a debater. They want to lower your expectations. They want you to settle for mediocrity. And much in the same way Democrats now are telling their base, well, you know, all of these things are going to contribute to this, you know, we're, why we're going to lose so much during midterms. But not a single and not one point will they stop and will they address their policies. The closest they come is people like James Carville going out there and saying, maybe you guys should stop fighting over abortion or pronouns. Hey, maybe you guys also should commit to coming up with a budget if you ever find yourselves in control again. Hey, maybe you guys could commit to not sending billions and billions of dollars completely unaccounted for to a foreign country in a proxy war against Russia. Hey, maybe you guys could not strangle to death oil and gas so that we have to rely on on Maduro. I mean, there's just, you know, maybe you guys could secure the border and allow governors to do what is within their power to do without tying them up in endless litigation. 
They could they could do any one of those things and still be Democrats if they wanted to in many other areas. But they refuse. Because it's not the party of Democrats anymore. You're at, you're expecting a party to do something. And it is it's they're only that they're only Democrats in name. The soul of that party is socialist. That's why they will never come and find that common ground with you on border. Or anything else. That's why there is no moderation. You want to have all for all the discussion about fascism. Have you ever seen the way the left reacts and one of its own disagrees? And here you here as we approach Halloween, you thought the Salem witch trials were bad. Hell hath no fury like a leftist who feels betrayed because one of their own disagrees with them, even if it's 20 percent on an issue. And they wonder why they're losing people. They wonder why women independence. The New York Times, Siena College poll. I know I, I've mentioned this before. But this was pretty, pretty stunning. So many women breaking for GOP. 32 point swing amongst independent women. Lee Zeldin is gaining on Kathy Hochul in New York. Democrats are worried. They're worried for the first time about that New York governor's mansion. You have Obama and Biden going out there, going to be campaigning for uh, Fetterman. They're going to they're they're trying to do everything that they can to help shore up all the weak spots. And here's the crazy thing. Biden hasn't even headlined a big political rally yet. We are less than two weeks away from the election and he has not gone out to headline one, not one big political party. They keep saying that he's going to be going to Pennsylvania. He has not and will not go to Nevada and Arizona because he is so much a drag. And this is how you can measure a great way to measure how well they're going to perform. He is such a drag, the head of the party, that he can't even go to tight race states because he would actually cause them to dip in the polls. Man. And in Pennsylvania... This is Biden's backyard. This is the backyard of the president of the United States. And it's so close, the margin of error, when you account for that, it's neck and neck. That's stunning. But they're not going to change their policies. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. 
Make sure you sign up for the newsletter chapter and verse over at Substack. So do you guys remember the canvasser, Marco Rubio's canvasser, that got the snot beat out of him? And he got his jaw broken and he has to have facial reconstruction surgery and all this stuff. Well, apparently, so one of the, so this is one of the anchors over at WSVN was saying that Hialeah police said it was too early to say it was politically motivated. They identified the guy as Christopher Monzone as the man in the photos. He was called the Cuban Confederate for involvement in the white supremacist group League of the South. The ADL, which I you can take with a grain of salt, says he attended the 2017 rally in Charlottesville. And I'm just like, because Miami Herald has a piece. And can you be a, I mean, he's Cuban. Can, can, I, yeah. (laughs) The thing is, you have to learn, if you're Republican, there's no other conclusion in public from the left than you being aligned with something like Racism, well, or I, something like that. I think my question is, what does that have to do with him getting his his beaten oh, down in the street? Absolutely nothing. To where his face is all busted yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely nothing. His again, jaw was broken for again, the left. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to the left. So wait a minute. Are they saying that I can do that to anyone whose opinions I don't like? I'm just asking. Bunch of us are wondering here. Can we just start going and beating the hell out of people that we don't like? Like, just have it be like the purge all the time? Is that because, just because, and they could be as awful as possible. That's kind of separate from busting their jaw off their head, isn't it? I mean, do we draw lines anymore? we got a second hour on the way. Stick with us. If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation using offer code Dana. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement, make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, 972-PATRIOT. Um, today, the president seemed to be countering some of this GOP messaging on the economy, and he told people that Republicans like to call Democrats big spenders and people should look at the facts. But the facts don't seem to be exactly how he's painting it on some of these issues. Um, he has claimed repeatedly that the administration reduced the deficit. But if you break it down, if spending was high because of the pandemic, those programs expired and that brought down the deficit, and then that deficit reduction was spent on canceling student loans. And then on um, the, the jobs claims that he made, he said that President Trump was the first since Hoover to lose jobs during his administration, but, um, and he claimed that he had created 10 million new jobs, but in reality, 
those jobs have mostly been added back and the Bureau of Labor Statistics says only about 514,000 jobs have been newly created. So how are people supposed to take this kind of messaging on their most important issue seriously when some of this feels like smoke and mirrors. Well, let me tell you what the American people should take very, very seriously. Let me remind you of the Trump tax cut of 2017, $2 trillion that was not paid for, oh, not yes. paid for. I'm making the Arthur the Anteater fist right now. I'm, oh my gosh, wait a minute, I need to hold on to something. Hold on to something. We haven't even started this hour yet and already I'm being tested. Welcome to the welcome to the program, Dana Lash here, your lovable curmudgeon. That was uh, uh, Jackie Heinrich to Corinne Jean Pierre. I she well, let me go back to the Trump tax cuts. They weren't paid for. <laughs> My gosh. First off, tax cuts are not spending. It does not cost the government when the people who fund the government get to keep more of their money. What costs the government is when the government won't stop spending people's money and then they run up the deficit and they get themselves into a very weird position and they demand the taxpayer then foot the remainder of the bill with increased taxes. So the Trump tax cuts were were paid for. What wasn't paid for was your reckless spending, the trillion dollar spending bill that Joe Biden pushed through his first month in office. Further, the tax hike, not really inflation, climate change, health, whatever bill. All of the, we've had two major tax hikes under this administration. He's only even halfway in. The spending is not what is paid for. The spending that he insists on doing, paying off by way of making the taxpayers pay for it, everyone else's student debt that they willingly entered into, that wasn't paid for. Billions being sent to Ukraine, that ain't paid for. There's a lot of stuff that y'all are doing that is not paid for. Tax cuts? No, no, no. I don't have to sit here and explain to the government why it needs to be paid for that I keep more of my own money. Right? Learn how economics work. That's not how it works. I get it that there's a fundamental difference between the right and the left where the left thinks that it's not your money, it's Uncle Sam's money. And maybe Uncle Sam will be merciful to you and allow you to keep some more of your own money, but that never happens when it comes to their policies. Hmm. Oh, wait, unless you want to believe their line that it's working. Our policies are working. Look at how much you're saving. Look at all the savings at the gas tank or at the gas pump. Look at the savings. I'm not saving anything. Well, it's you're getting bougier gas. You know why your eggs are, are oh, you're, I mean, don't look at it like my egg prices increased by 38%. Look at it like. I'm buying eggs that are 38% more expensive. Go me. Look at it like that. I mean, you're just looking at this all wrong. So Halloween's coming. Speaking of inflation and economy, and I have a bunch of headlines. I'm trying to stay. God love you, Juan. I'm trying to stay to the rundown. It's a little hard today. So you know how I, like, when I lived on the cul-de-sac. By the way, the cul-de-sac is where it is at on Halloween. We were that house. Still are, but we're that house. And if everybody started to realize, because I would, I would straight up ask parents, do you have your concealed carry permit? If you do, your kid gets a king size Snickers. That's how that works. I have no shame. I don't care. I had the one kid who dressed up as a little brother from It with the yellow raincoat with his arm pinned up. Totally got a king size Snickers. 
Normally, I wouldn't be petty like this, but everything is so expensive. I feel like that's the one indulgence in life that's free anymore. So let me just think of how this can be applied to Halloween because candy. Remember the headline I had for you? Candy is going to be so much more expensive. Fortune magazine says candy prices are up 13% year over year. The price of one popular candy bar, Twix, Twix, everybody loves the Twix, right? 53% price increase. Skittles, taste the rainbow, but for 41% more. Reese's, 35% over last year. Means your kids better be licking the chocolate out of them paper cups. Don't waste a scrap of it. And this is according to Data Assembly, which is a retail analytics firm. Now, other names, because this candy is horrible, Nestle Crunch and Butterfinger, they're up a modest 4% to 5%. What about the little strawberry candies that no one ever buys? They just apparate into your, your Halloween sack. You know what I'm talking about? They're the, they're the strawberry candy, and they have the plastic, the shiny plastic wrapper to imitate strawberries. So it has like the red body and then the green stem, and it twists up. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. No one buys these. They just appear. Where I don't know anything about. I don't, I don't know. You know what? I bet those aren't increased. Um, I bet the stale Tootsie Rolls. Do they have those? They still do Tootsie Rolls? I think so. Man, I hate them things. Those are horrible. They look like. Uh, I used to love those as a kid. Really? Well, I think there weren't many candies back then. I would rather eat a rock than a Tootsie Roll because a rock would be softer. I, uh, I wouldn't. It's wannabe Toblerone. Nasty. What? Yeah, I said it. Fight me. Tootsie Rolls are wannabe Toblerone? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't like them. They're nasty and they're hard and they look I love like some rat some Toblerone feces. way more than I do. <sighs> Man, they're bad. Tootsie Rolls. But they, all anyway, the whole point is all the candy's up. All the candy's up. The average household spending on Halloween has exploded, according to National Retail Federation's Halloween spending. So get this. This makes me hurt. It went from $48 per household in 2005. You ready? To over $102. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On average, you're going to be paying $100. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. So... And then this is what Bernie Sanders tweets out. And one of the, this is just one of the dumbest things. This is what he tweets out. Just tweeted this the other day. Ready? Here it goes. Well, the cost of Halloween candy has surged more than 13% last summer. Last, since last September, the Mars candy bar family became 44% richer during the pandemic, increasing their wealth by $32 billion. The Mars family is now worth $106 billion. Do you know what scary corporate greed? Oh, my God. Now, keep in mind, Bernie Sanders has never, literally ever, never, ever, he and Fetterman, Fetterman only has barely two years beat on him. Bernie Sanders has literally never, at any point in his very long life, worked in the private sector. Ever. Ever. The only thing that he did that came close was he did a zine back in the 70s. He has no idea. He thinks that candy bars legit grow on trees. He doesn't know that when you factor in 
the ingredients and everything else that contributes to the cost. When you look at consider the price of gas in shipping and distribution, that must be factored into the cost. People don't take risks and create businesses because they want to work for free in a lifetime of indentured servitude. They expect compensation for their efforts. Bernie Sanders gets paid, so why the hell shouldn't everybody else? He's just mad because they figured out how to get paid more than him. Instead of getting mad at the Mars family, he should be asking what contributed to the cost increase. If he was a bright man, he would. You know what's scary? Dumb senators. Jeez. Food prices have been skyrocketing. Axios noted that food prices went up 13% in September alone. Cereals, bakery products, dairy products, the most, the most expensive, biggest increase, followed by meat, poultry, fish, eggs, fruits, vegetables. People are purchasing less food. Morning Consult in September said people were buying fewer fruit, food items at the grocery store in order to save money. And it's very worrying for low-income shoppers, people who worry that their food will run out before they have the money to buy more. That increased from 35 to 42%. I mean, that's this, this to brush it all off as corporate greed is a lazy government grifter excuse. Corporate greed. That doesn't explain how we had a 13% increase in food prices in September. It doesn't explain how eggs jumped 38% more. It doesn't explain why gas is as high as it is now. That has nothing to do with corporate greed. The Mars family didn't break into Joe Biden's Delaware mansion and whisper dramatically into his ear that maybe he should cut domestic extraction and production, become more reliant on OPEC. And then when OPEC decides to weaponize oil and gas, they have to go hat in hand begging the tyrant Nicolas Maduro down in Venezuela. The Mars candy bar family didn't do that. Joe Biden did. It wasn't the Mars candy bar family that decided to pass a trillion dollar spend and tax spree within the first year of Joe Biden's presidency. No, that was Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. I just think that people who are as dumb about business as Bernie Sanders should have no business legislating about business. You don't see me busting up into the NFL looking to commentate on football games, do you? Golly. No, these people. It's not the candy bar family. That's a lazy, commie shtick to try to shame people who remained in business. People who have never worked in the private sector trying to shame people. Gosh, it's such a reminder. Karl Marx was a fat, smelly grifter whose own wife and kids hated him. And the only thing that he ever contributed to this world was food for worms when his bloated carcass was buried. The end. Now on that note, we have headlines on the way and you don't want to miss it.
Caltech Innovation is back-to-back. You've heard me talk about Caltech's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind in Caltech's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent-pending 15-round extended magazine. Now other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with fully adjustable rear. That all comes standard. It's from Keltec, inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns. The P15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy, accurate handling, while the all-metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel. The P15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world. See the new 9mm P15 first, up close and personal at KeltecWeapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C Weapons.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Oh my gosh, the New York Times is out with this breathless headline. Tom Brady and Ron DeSantis are said to be on texting terms. <gasps> the Republican nominee for Wisconsin governor, Tom Michaels, told supporters recently that while DeSantis was watching a Packers game at Lambeau Field, he was texting the Buccaneers quarterback. Oh, weeping a gnashing of the teeth. And who wouldn't? I mean, it's Tom Brady for the love. Uh, also, ooh, you only have a limited amount of time to weigh in. The FAA is quietly asking for comments in the minimum seat dimensions necessary for safety of air passengers. So the FAA is seeking public comment on the minimum seat dimensions. It is a 90-day public comment period, and it will. And uh, I'm going to totally send this out to you because the comments, written comments, have to be received on or before November 1st. But they're going to open it up for where you can apparently do it online. But they said that they're asking commenters to review cabin evacuate. Here, here I don't even need to go through all of that. Um, I need the seats to be bigger for my safety. Otherwise, I may murder my 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 roommate. I may murder them if we're fighting over the armrest or if someone's fat rolls are illegally entering my seat boundaries we could totally have a war war. i'm just saying i need that for my safety and the safety of all the other passengers bono i he know he knew this all along i'm sorry but he did he's apologized he he's he did an interview first he's apologizing for forcing u2's album onto iphones back in 2014 i mean part of me is like oh you get free music if you want it that who cares and the other part was and i don't know i don't know if i had two parts But he also apparently was saying that he, uh, what he's learned as an activist, he was talking to the New York Times, and he said, I thought if we just redistributed resources, then we could solve every problem. I know now that that's not true. The off-ramp out of extreme poverty is, ugh, commerce, it's entrepreneurial capitalism. He knew this all along. Murchy McMurch face, you knew it. You knew this all along. Don't act like this is something you stumbled upon now. But I am glad at least that he's mentioning it. But don't be like, ugh, commerce. Commerce made you rich, yo. It made you wit rich. And the CDC director has coronavirus despite being vaxxed 87, 1100 times. Hmm, surprise. Stay with us. You know, sometimes you can't depend on big media organizations to cover all of the important news of the day. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. In my latest episodes, I discuss how this historic political divide we're in has Democrats pulling all sorts of last-minute stunts to get votes before the midterm elections. Download and subscribe to my daily podcast. I don't talk about every single story of the day, just the ones you need to know the most. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.
Shooting down woke culture one crazy headline at a time. It's the Dana Show. It was a huge mistake, just as it would be a huge mistake for uh, my fellow Utahns to vote for Evan McMullen today. Evan McMullen is a Democrat. Look, he's been endorsed by the Democratic Party. He's raised two and a half million dollars in the last quarter alone exactly. on Act Blue, the Democrats' donor network. He spent one point six million dollars feeding it right back into the Democratic industrial complex. True. All those things. Everything Mike Lee is saying here is correct. My, uh, Evan McMuffin. That's his name. I'm sticking to it. At least, oh man, I'm not going to say that. That I, There's like three things I immediately thought of that I cannot say. Because you thought the Herschel Walker headlines were something. Uh, welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. It is, I'm sorry, it is an insult to McMuffins everywhere. Is. McMuffin is a good sandwich. It when it's a person, not so much. But Mike Lee's running for Senate out in Utah. We've been talking about this because Mitt Romney's petty and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to back Mike Lee. He'd rather back apparently support the Democrat. But um, Evan McMuffin, he's a CIA guy. He's literally deep state. He's legit a deep state dude. He's he's the he's a Democrat. How much he's hires Democrat firms. He raises money with Democrat apparatuses. He's a Democrat. What has he done besides be on the government dole for CIA? crickets exactly it's time for our midterm update here to get into some of this get you set up with some of this stuff some of the latest so the pull this up cbs got the new cbs i have a thing from cbs their battleground tracker on pennsylvania and of course new york governor's race is getting really close we talked about that uh there's they apparently one of the big changes that cbs has noted is an attitudinal change it's actually driven more by republicans who are quote-unquote coming home towards dr oz interesting the percentage of republicans saying that they would vote for their nominee is up 94 percent from 87 percent last month and it was lower than that uh the month even prior and they discussed gas uh, they're going to discuss gas economy and all this stuff tonight because they have their debate their loan debate tonight. Ooh, are you watching, Kane? You watching this debate? I probably will. I, I think, probably will. I think Oz will shut. I think Oz will, will close it. He's got to be the closer tonight, and that's how he's got to approach this. He has to be the closer because you're going to have Federman come out there. He's going to be like, "I'm the." Ooh, do you do you think he's going to wear a hoodie? Um, no, I think he'll be in a suit. You think so? I think he'll be in a suit for this. He's uh. Fetterman, the guy who got an allowance from his parents into, into his 50s, well into his 50s, who only worked barely two years of his life. Um, then he started running for elected office because he left Braddock, the town in which he was mayor, a disaster. Democrats are saying this, not Republicans, like Democrats in this, like his Democrat city council members. They accused him of, of using, abusing the police department to get oppo on people to say nothing of the time that he heard fireworks and then grabbed his shotgun and chased down the first black jogger he saw Ahmed Aubrey style and decided to hold the guy at gunpoint uh, because and and because he had heard fireworks and assumed black jogger nobody really and and his response is well well republicans are weaponizing that not as much as you weaponized your shotgun against a random black jogger and, of course, don't forget his bougie, super bougie loft that he lives in. He's an everyman, but he lives in a very, very expensive loft that he didn't actually buy himself. So he's, it's going to be, 
an interesting, I'll be honest, because you have the two worst candidates that the parties could have run. Right? But this is where I had mentioned in our first hour, being ideological and being political, where there is a little bit of an overlap. Because who am I going to get? Who is going to get what I want in terms of lower taxes, protecting Second Amendment rights, uh, not having taxpayer-funded abortion on demand up until birth, which is what Fetterman is on record repeatedly endorsing. It's with his own mouth. Take it up with him if you're mad about it. He literally chose to vocalize those words. Uh, where do you, who do you think is going to be better to deliver on what I would like out of the two of these candidates? That's how you got to look at it. Don't look, I don't care if one, I don't care about their, their personal anything. They're automatons that are going to carry your vote to the Senate. That's how you need to look at this. Who's going to do your will? Who's going to do it? If you are of my ideology, Fetterman ain't going to be doing that for you. That's how people have to look at this. One of the ways, and it's quite clever, that Democrats will convince you to stay home or not vote is they'll say, well, Oz isn't the perfect candidate. He's a moderate, all this other stuff. He is an automaton. He is there to ferry your vote. And I will add, he was selected by the plurality of voters. This is where, I mean, we could sit here and have discussions. I think now after the candidate's selected, it's too late to, I think after the general election, then you have the postmortem and what went wrong during the primary. And I think this is one of the things where Trump was, I know that they were friends, but I think he was advised incorrectly on this. That said, you have the candidate you have. You got to go to 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 war with the soldiers you got. And then next time you get someone that you like better. But you can't you can't go do it now. Can't retcon it now. Who's going to be the who's going to be the candidate that's the better automaton for your vote? I mean, that's an easy answer. And that easy answer, that's how you vote. So that's how I look at it. All this other stuff is just noise. But that's what Democrats want you to think. They want you to be caught up with all the other stuff. Nope. Same thing in Georgia with Walker and Warnock. They're automatons for your vote. I said this at the time. Who do you think is going to be a better deliverer for your ideology? The preacher, the quote unquote preacher who says that Jesus loves abortion and believes in taxpayer funded abortion up until crowning. He literally co-sponsored the bill in the Senate that would remove the Hyde Amendment Therefore, fully allowing federal taxpayer subsidization of abortions, because that's what the bill I've linked it. I've read it. The people criticizing those who read it have not because that's what it that's what it's all. That's what it entails. So there's there there's one of these candidates is going to be the perfect automaton, the, the vessel for your vote. They're not perfect, but they are the vessel for your vote. Who's going to do it? It's easy answer. Easy vote. You don't like what you got this time, then you change it next primary. That's how the system works. But you don't try to rectify the primary by sitting out the general. And you don't try to rectify the primary by robbing your chance in the general. That's one of the biggest tricks. Democrats don't need to steal ballots. They'll convince you to sit home. They'll convince you to leave that one blank. They don't need to steal ballots. They'll get up in your head and tell you that. Now, some other stuff here with this. The, uh, 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 it had the uh, Senate forecast. 
Three Senate seats in particular are really slipping away here. Uh, 538 had a GOP poll surge uh, report saying that, eh, they're saying that the Senate's a toss-up, but it, it you, you're looking at uh, Blake Masters out of Arizona and Herschel Walker, Georgia. They're pulling behind their rivals in their respective contests, but uh, particularly in Georgia, it's still within margin of error. In Nevada, man, she's being overtaken. That Democrat incumbent is being overtaken by Republican Adam Laxalt. Mm-mm-mm. And what's really interesting, listen to this. Before Dobbs versus Jackson of Women's Health, according to this RCP generic average, Republicans were at 44% pre-Dobbs. After, they're at 48%. Now, it might not be a major significant difference, but what it shows you is that for all the efforts to try to rock Republicans with that issue, people were failing. Fetterman's only 1.3. Holy wow, he was 1.7 last time I looked. Telling you what, Nevada, Laxalt is up 0.8. New RCP average. Man, neck and neck. And Georgia, Warnock, even he's up 0.5. Vance is up 2. Uh, Wisconsin, uh, Johnson is plus 2.7. Uh, this is, it's close. Florida, you got Rubio plus six. Colorado and Washington, those are pretty decent leads for Bennett and Murray, seven and eight, respectively. Uh, this uh, Arizona, Kelly's up 2.5. I'm telling you, it is, the Senate is, this is a very interesting, uh, really, I mean, because like, for instance, one poll, out same time, East Carolina U. I haven't looked at this. Has Warnock plus two. Daily Wire, Trafalgar poll has Walker plus two. I would imagine that theirs is a little bit more even sampled. I haven't looked at East Carolina University, so I can't you know really give a lot of credence to that. But man, it is close. It's not unwinnable. But see, close doesn't do it. You got to win it. You got to win it. Can't just be close. And uh, lastly, I was looking at uh, a couple of other things, how uh, November is absolutely, midterms usually are. They're usually a a referendum on the president's policies uh, going into ahead of this general, ahead of a general election. But they say that they're really, it is the, it's the economy. It is inflation. Look at Listen to this. So this one piece said uh, uh, that, Biden wants uh, Americans to believe that the administration should get credit for reducing the deficit by a trillion dollars last year. They're spending a trillion dollars. But that's hurt them. The spending has hurt them. The border has hurt them. Crime has hurt them. Gas has hurt them. Those issues specifically. Democrat, uh, Democrats, even with Democrat voters, they're getting the lion's share of the blame for crime. For crime increase. Now, one of the biggest deflections that I hear from Democrats are not every city defunded police. Almost every city here. And a lot of times they'll try to argue that they didn't defund the police. Yes, they did. Reallocating already appropriated funds and using them for something different and taking it away, redirecting it away from police is absolutely defunding police. Stop with the lame semantics. It's not going to work.
Mm-mm-mm. Now, one last thing. I mentioned this earlier, and I told you guys to think about this. Because there's a lot of discussion as to whether or not Gen X is super conservative. There are a couple of different polls that are floating out there, and now there's enough. There's a couple of pieces, one from The Nation, saying that as you had this New York Times poll, and it wasn't really done, but it was trying to... Sh- it, it, they had the New York Times... A poll that was looking at different generational breakouts. And of course, you had the New York Times uh, Siena College poll. Uh, that one, into the women who are Gen X women were breaking for GOP. That coupled with a couple of other things. Some people are asking, is there a Trump word shift amongst Generation X? Now, one of the things to understand about Gen X, I don't think it's about personality with Gen X. It's never, Gen X is not the generation. I'm baby Gen X. Gen X is not the generation to... Go and follow personality. We're the latchkey kid generation. We're the kid that started elementary school without the internet. And then by the time I was in high school, we had the internet. Uh, we That's our generation. We are the generation that had to do a lot of things ourselves. We're the divorced generation. We had to handle all of this and really rely on ourselves. We also were really overlooked. We're the forgotten generation. A lot of people just skip right over Gen X and they only look at boomers and millennials. And it's also kind of weird because there's apparently the argument that they overlap with millennials more than boomers overlap with Gen X, which is true. A lot of the older, some of the older millennials are young Gen, are young boomers kids. That's why we all we all blame all the millennial stuff on the boomers. But there is that. I think it's the culture of Gen X's upbringing and coming of age that have really contributed to this. We want to be left alone. Gen X wants to be left alone. Gen X doesn't want to be bothered. Gen X wants to be able to just to do what they want to do. They want to be they want to be able to enjoy their own success. That speaks to a more independent ideology than being a, more of a socialist, you know, democrat today. That's why we we didn't get into wokery and cancel culture. We didn't have that stuff. So that's why Gen X is Gen. It's not Trump, and I hate it how they always try to reduce everything to Trumpian. They just lean more, want to be left alone. That's that's the story of it. So there you have it. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. Well, at least this guy's honest about it. This comes from WTVX in West Palm Beach. They say that, CBS 12, that a uh, Riviera Beach, Florida, a credit card that must have fallen out of her bag turned a woman into a crime victim. The card was used at a food and liquor store in Riviera Beach and some other places. Police went there the evening of Saturday, September 24th. They met up with a mother and daughter. They have a joint account. It was on the daughter's debit card. She said she kept it in her purse and must have fell, fallen out. And the store clerk t- uh, told them the men who were using the card, and they had uh, uh, a couple of transactions, including one at a lending service. And when they got up and they finally caught the perpetrator, he was identified as Corey Pate, 45. And he said that he did use the card. He admitted to it. And when he asked why he used the card, knowing it was stolen, the guy answered, quote, because I'm a thief. <laughs> And he said he was sorry. So at least he's honest about it. He didn't give them no problems when they pulled up and took him into custody. He, they got him, and he just was very honest and straightforward about it. He's like, because I'm a thief, you know. 
And uh, so he's, uh, that's not his first arrest. He got in trouble for domestic battery and his girlfriend previously. He grabbed her shoulders and apparently threw her to the ground. So he spent a day and a half of jail. And uh, so he's, he's in trouble now for this, for this credit card. Florida man jumped into St. Why would you do this? No one gators live there. Florida man jumped into St. John's River to evade authorities after leading them on a chase. He has got a lot of facial tattoos. I'm just saying. Uh, so doesn't make the smartest decisions. A uh, 28-year-old man, he was later apprehended. Oscar Leonidas, he was in the water for about an hour before he was taken to custody. He had stolen a truck is what had happened. Stick with us. Third hour on the way. Hillary Clinton says Trump is an illegitimate president. Hillary Clinton says the election is stolen from you. Hillary Clinton in 2002, George W. Bush was selected, not elected. Joe Biden, Al Gore was was elected president. So Joe Biden... Yeah. Claims you just said we don't Bush scream at each other, right? Or, do, or, or is it just you that gets okay. to scream? Okay, no, no, I agree. Okay, <laughs> then lower your voice because we are very close to each other. Oh my gosh, woman. You're just mad because he's right. This whole lower your voice because stop it. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you, third hour. Uh, and it's uh, Tuesday. So lower your voice. They scream most of the time anyway. But I think it goes to show you just how many times Democrats deny. I'm so tired of them acting as though they haven't done this. Golly, I will never forget the um, whole hanging Chad thing. Steve, you don't even know what those are, do you? You didn't have to live with the hanging Chads. I don't mean like cool dudes just like chilling either. I mean (laughs) hanging Chads. Chads, do you remember that case? I, I slightly, oh, I, I slightly remember that election, but I was in kindergarten, so I don't remember Ooh, it. Right. You, yeah. don't, you don't remember a thing about it? There was nothing digital about voting back then. Mm-mm. Back then, you had to actually either punch holes into a voting card yep. and submit it, or color in dots. And then you had to fully color color in dots, by the way, in order for it to be counted. And uh, apparently, when a hole was punched and it left that little little hanging chad there they would question whether or not that was truly a hole punch and therefore truly a vote. Exactly. It was a national nightmare. It really, really was. It's a, a, a national nightmare. So this, um, uh, I just, I, that was like everywhere. That was everywhere. I was in school when that happened. That was everywhere still. Hanging Chad. The pictures of the guy like examining all the ballots, all of that stuff just nuts so this uh some of the latest that we have the i had a couple of things that i wanted to make sure that we got into uh that i had a little bit uh oh shoot that i had up a little bit uh still make sure you sign up also for the newsletter where i send stuff out that we're going to talk about uh today has a lot of good stuff in there and remember your subscription the so twitter apparently uh is I guess he's going to close the deal on Friday is what it is. He's going to he's going to Elon Musk is expected to close the deal on Friday. At least that's what Bloomberg is reporting. They're saying that he looks like it's he's going to close everything out on Friday so they would be able to I guess then are they and then I guess they would uh be able to then he takes it over and he can burn it down. He can then he can burn it down after that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. 
I was just, I'm looking at some of this because it's always, I mean, it's just a little bit coming in. Um, but, ooh, and then one other quick thing. A friend of mine had a picture of um, Raphael Warnock's uh, campaign bus parked at uh, the local Hooters. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, uh, there's also a Chick-fil-A in that parking lot, but you know he ain't there for that Jesus chicken. Mm-hmm. He's there because he's a fan of owls. Yeah, isn't it? I'm just assuming. I thought he just was a big fan of their culinary delights. The culinary delights at Hooters? Yeah. Oh, I'm okay. sure they're known for their food, right? I mean, that's. Oh, I'm sure it's just, yeah. I just don't know. Just, so no, apparently that's where it's, apparently he's got a campaign bus parked there. Somebody just sent that in. It's actually too funny. Uh, all right. So, yes, the finalization, what does that mean? I, I lost, a, I don't know what it means. I lost a bunch of followers again thousands of them probably over 12,000 total just in the past few days and I went from being on 7,000 something lists to no lists at all zero and then a couple of days later it was back at 7,000 I took screenshots don't sit here and tell me that the stuff is not manipulated this is so I don't think it's all bots either that they're purging because I have to refollow people all the time there are tons of people that I have followed and then I have to refollow all the time. Happens all the time. So I don't think it's a bot. I think it's just they, they screw around with people's accounts. Twitter is not a real place. It really isn't. It's not a real place. And so I hope, I hope he fires everybody and burns it down. That's what I hope. We're, we're better off without it. I really don't care. I'm so done with social media. It's the worst invention ever, ever really is. Yes, I used it to my advantage and I'm telling you it's the worst thing ever. It is still horrible. Still horrible. Apparently a number of people who are with who are with Charlie Crist have come out. I got a couple of developments for you. This is one. They've and the the Twitter purchase was uh, another. Uh, so I have this is 3 or 4. A bunch of uh, former colleagues and staff of Charlie Crist wrote an open letter to Florida that is out today where they have endorsed Governor Ron DeSantis. Ooh. It is all of the people that used to work with him. Whew. They all endorsed him. All of them have endorsed him. That's a pretty big repudiation of uh, Charlie Crist. He seems too slimy anyway. Now, in addition to that, Here's the last thing that I want to bring you up to date on. And this, let me pull this up. So I don't know. I, I started paying attention to this because I noticed that the progressives were fighting amongst themselves. And so you have progressive Democrats, 30 of them, led by Representative Premier Jayapal. They issued a complete retraction of their letter that was sent to Biden urging diplomacy regarding Ukraine and the official statement that they sent out. It's weird in this because they threw their own people under the bus. The second paragraph, actually, this is the first paragraph. Sorry. It says the Congressional Progress Progressive Caucus hereby withdraws its recent letter to the White House regarding Ukraine. The letter was drafted several months ago, but unfortunately was released by staff without vetting. Jayapal says, as chair of the caucus, I take full responsibility for this. Oh, my gosh. 
So, yeah. That's, isn't that what they did, too, with the uh, AOC cow fart thing? They said, even though it was up on her website, and I have screenshots of it being up on her website, she was still trying to say that it wasn't her, and then it wasn't her fault. So the progressive, they were urging him to rethink his Ukraine strategy in this letter. And this was after they triggered some pushback from Democrats. They said it was unrealistic to negotiate with uh, Vladimir Putin. And now they're going to walk out. Now they're walking all of this back. Did they really? Did the staff actually really? They, I can't imagine they released this without any staff released this without a without a green light. There's no way. I just I do not. I don't buy this. But man, did they throw their people under the bus? They said that they had the whole blame the staff without vetting. They're they actually try at one point, And here's part of the statement, too. They said that. Uh, every war ends with diplomacy, and this one will too after Ukrainian victory. So they're saying that there is no possibility for diplomacy until after Ukrainian victory. They couldn't even do this for twenty. They couldn't even do this for a day, a full day. Wow. So this was pretty. Now they're for, I mean, they're retracting it. I don't know what else to say. That's pretty wild. And apparently Democrats are livid. This is happening right before midterms. And they said that it's their front liners that are doing this. Hmm. So this, they said it was a, it was, it was described as a dramatic shift in policy on Ukraine. They were looking at prioritizing uh, diplomacy, but I guess war Inc called. And so they had been asked about this. Uh, Karine Jean-Pierre told reporters yesterday as a response to the letter that it was a decision that Zelensky is going to have to make when it comes to any type of conversation with Russia or any type of negotiation. And uh, Jayapal, the uh, when she had originally what she originally said, it was signed by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She was saying the longer the war in Ukraine goes on, the greater risk of escalation, widespread, devastating effect. You know, they need a realistic framework for a ceasefire. And they said that. And so now they they had cautioned if the U.S. doesn't make efforts towards a diplomatic track with Russia, uh, they they were encouraging them to peacefully resolve it. Now, that's that's done. They suggested diplomacy and then they decided to just go ahead and back the status quo, I guess. I don't know. So now they walked it back. Diplomacy is, she writes in her letter, diplomacy is an important tool that can save lives, but it's just one tool. No, it's the tool. It's the tool. That's it. What does it sound like to you? Now they sound, they they sound like the war machine. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I had asked Nikki Haley this. Would, would we still be having this issue? Wouldn't, wouldn't Ukraine, wouldn't they have negotiated for peace were it not for the West's support? It's a legitimate question. We can't, we, I think people conflate things because they say we, we need to do, and, and I think, I know that there are kind of like the, um, I'm trying to think, who, you know, some of the NRO types and some others out there who might think that, well, yes, you know, freedom is freedom everywhere. I totally understand what people are saying, but you also have to be realistic when you say things like that. That's kind of a, a very uh, pie-in-the-sky way of talking about geopolitics. But in reality, that doesn't 
come for free. That is a, there's a cost for that. And with something like this, uh, I think it's completely fair to ask, what does the United States stand to gain from this if by having this drag out even more? I mean, ultimately, isn't this just kind of them fighting over the Minsk agreement? I can go on and on. Um, you know, they had they had declined to be part of NATO earlier. And then when the West began supporting them, then they thought, well, now we can be a part of NATO. But I, I there's a lot of history here with this. And we've talked about it before, too, how in the USSR, when they when the wall fell and when they broke up, you had Ukraine that suddenly found itself in command of borders that had really not that had kind of been you know, set up in order to inflate uh, the USSR's importance towards the United Nations and all this other stuff. And suddenly they found themselves in command of a lot of vast land and they ended up getting some of Russia's nukes. And so there was a lot of a lot of negotiating behind the scenes. And some were saying that, you know, this there's just a lot of back and forth about uh, about whether or not it's it is an issue of um, who really ultimately first, I think, crossed, whether it was the Minsk agreement or, or what have you. But I, I do think, I just don't think that we would still be at this point were it not for the billions that the United States was sending over. I mean, to be frank about it, I think it's perfectly fine. And you have an, uh, an obligation to question this as an American. There's nothing, you're not being a stooge for Putin, which is a lame deflection that tyrants and war ink likes to use to dissuade any sort of disagreement with their war machine. But I think it's completely realistic to ask this question. I mean, I, I mean, should it, it does stand the chance of kind of kicking off further? And that's one of the things that I can't believe Jayapal actually said correctly. But she couldn't even let, let it stand for 24 hours before she walked it back. I think it's just pure cowardice. That's what it seems like. It's a mess. Democrats are livid. You know, they had a knockdown drag out for the statement to be walked back like this because it's all so public. You know, they had a fight. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right, so um, do you guys want to go see John Hinckley play? John Hinckley's, yeah, the guy who tried killing Reagan. This is crazy that this guy is, like, allowed out to do this. I just think if you try to kill the president of the United States, maybe, then don't, you know. He's been trying to reinvent himself as a traveling musician. He has a concert scheduled in Albany after repeated gig cancellations. He tweeted, he actually tweeted, I'm going to be doing a show in Albany, New York. More details to come. He's been trying to land before an audience since he was freed from prison custody in June. This is so wild. I just, do you think that he's, I still think he's, he's on Twitter. It's just weird to me. I just think if you try to kill the president of the United States, maybe you shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm. Uh, in addition to this, this is a horrible story. A woman was mauled by a bear while walking her dog. It was on Saturday morning. She landed in the hospital. She was charged by a female black bear, and she sustained significant, though non-life-threatening injuries. The bear was captured and euthanized, and the the two nine-month-old cubs transported to a wildlife facility. That is awful. She was just protecting her cubs. You know, I mean, I don't think that she should have been euthanized. It's just horrible. I don't know. I just don't think, you know, just be careful when you go out. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Let's see. This, oh, yeah, here's the other thing. I don't even want to read this headline. Uh, In Canada, uh, Trudeau has decided to have an immediate ban on handgun sales. They've invested $1 billion towards gun control. Hasn't really worked, but uh, now they have a a freeze on the purchase and transfer of handguns effective immediately. 
Yeah, Canada. So here's what I was talking about. In Britain, a, a man who identifies as a woman used his male copulatory organ to play a keyboard on live television. That's thanks for just showing us that it's all nothing more than woman face to you. Bubba Wallace's team is not pleased with his actions last week. He's They're apparently doing more than uh, NASCAR has done. Uh, he's missing the NASCAR race Sunday, but apparently uh, the 23XI Racing, their handling of his of Wallace, they said it was above and beyond NASCAR's penalties. I mean, because he did some serious stuff. I mean, for, for sure. It was definitely a serious thing. We have a lot more on the way. Stick with us. When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. I'm here today with uh, my COVID team, as well as leaders from some of America's top pharmacies, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Albertsons. And we're here with a simple message. Get vaccinated. Update your vaccine, your COVID vaccine. It's incredibly effective, but the truth is not enough people are getting it. Is it effective? What do you mean effective? How? That's the president just literally a little bit ago. Well, welcome back to the program. How is it effective? Because see, the New York State Supreme Court, they just reinstated all fired unvaccinated employees. They ordered back pay. They said the state violated rights, acted arbitrary and capricious and noted that, quote, to your point, Kane, being vaccinated does not prevent an individual from contracting or transmitting COVID-19, COVID end quote. Now, we've been living with COVID for how long now? Two years? Over two plus? years. Um, we've all either gotten sick or gotten vaccinated. Obviously, I haven't gotten vaccinated, but we've, we've had it. Our immune systems are pretty robust because of it. And the if you look at the death numbers and all of that, it's all waning from a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so this isn't the pandemic they're trying to push right now. Yeah, no, I agree. I completely agree. Yeah, and with this, this is pretty huge too. When you look at the, I'm pulling up, this is uh, New York State Courts. This case, the judgment, they they said that uh, the dec- the judgment is granted that the Commissioner of Health and Mental Hygiene's order dated October 20th, 2021 violates petitioner's substantive and procedural due process rights. Uh, they said that they were that they were basically uh, the commissioner lacked the power and authority to permanently exclude the petitioners. And these are the people who were fired because they weren't they didn't have their the vaccine. They said that the court found the Commissioner of Health and Mental Hygiene's order was uh, the one that they had in December was, quote, arbitrary and capricious. That the mayor's order was, quote, arbitrary and capricious. That the petitioners, uh, they said they, the terminated petitioners are hereby reinstated to their full employment status. They are entitled to back pay and salary from the date of termination. It is, oh, and they said here that the, the judgment is granted that the Commissioner of Health and Mental Hygiene's order dated, uh, it gives the dates for them, there's several, uh, violates the separation of powers doctrine and uh, violated petitioners' equal protection rights as well. This was huge because it, this is a very costly 
tyrannical move. And this affects, man, this affects a lot of those state and government employees. So now my question then, because apparently there's one appeal going for one particular city that only affects public sector employees, but I don't see, it doesn't, I, I don't, I would, I don't know if it's just for the petitioners in the case or if it is because it says petitioners are former Department of Sanitation employees that were terminated in February for failing to comply with the vaccine, the vaccination requirements. So I don't know if it's just the petitioners that had that whether or not that the reinstatement is for them or if it affects all New York City employees or all state employees. I think it might be both, but I, I don't know. Um, but here's the thing. What it establishes is it establishes a precedent for anyone in New York who went through this and anybody who went through this and subsequently lost their job. I mean, it's a big, this is a big deal. And it also opens the door for private citizens and class action lawsuits to follow. I think, I don't know how it couldn't. I mean, where they fired, look at my mind, bear with me, I apologize, let me pull up my notes for this, because they fired nurses, uh, not just sanitation workers, nurses, everybody, um, for not having their vaccination. Not, yeah, exactly. So, uh, those who weren't vaccinated, I mean, nurses, uh, anybody, anybody who basically worked with a government job. Had to go. Now, not every state had this. Not every state had what New York had where they were firing people. But I would would imagine that this precedent would also is is also applicable to anybody anywhere. So like in California, they uh, did they fire a bunch of nurses in California for for not being vaccinated? Let me pull this story. Yep. 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 Oh, anybody in anybody. Sorry. Anybody in California healthcare. So this is dated December 2021. And then I have a couple I have a I have a some of my notes I have are from MSNBC and uh, Newsweek. So one so for instance, this was this was a Newsweek piece that I have from uh, uh, October of last year. Unvaccinated ICU nurses escorted out of California hospital in viral video. Everything else she followed. She's not against vaccines. She didn't want to get it. She was concerned about she is, was concerned about the impact on health. Uh, another one. This is Mercury News from Bay Area News Group. They said that the court that was blocking Biden's nationwide mandate is inapplicable in the Golden State. California is moving forward with firing uh, any healthcare worker who does not consent to the injection. And that included. Not just nurses and doctors, security guards, uh, housekeeping staff, any other worker at any healthcare facility. You could be a groundskeeper. It doesn't matter. If you worked at a healthcare facility, it applied to you. And remember, Kaiser, that's considered a healthcare firm. Kaiser Permente and Sutter Health, they suspended workers without pay. They gave 
workers weeks and then they either it was either lose your job or get the jab 82,000 people they employ <sighs> now Kaiser had said it suspended over 2,000 workers who did not agree and some of them uh, had been I'm reading some of the reports here. Some of them had actually, a lot of them, because they were healthcare workers or because they worked in a healthcare facility, they had already had the virus and they had natural immunity, but that was irrelevant. That was not considered. That's the one thing that I wish this uh, New York, because we're talking about this New York case, I wish that that would have included in in that. I mean, I would just, I just want to see, we know the science and we know that the natural transmission, et cetera, and you have your body's immunity and it kicks in, et cetera, et cetera. I've talked about that so often on the show. We know that it works. I just would have liked to have seen that in an opinion, in a judgment, you know? I would have liked to see that in a judgment. Now, they had, I mean, there's this like tons. So this obviously is a major uh, precedent. Here's, I, can I just share with you this MSNBC headline? This is from September of last year. Unvaccinated police and nurses getting fired isn't a tragedy. (sighs) Yeah. Their job is to protect the public. Being vaccinated against COVID is part of it. That is legit an actual headline from MSNBC. But again, that presupposes that it actually transfers immunity, which it does not. The CDC said it doesn't. NHS says it doesn't. Pfizer said it didn't. We know that it doesn't. So why are we still pretending? CDC treats everyone, and the judge noted this. I had this written somewhere. Uh, But in the judge's decision, they noted that uh, vaccinated and unvaccinated are treated the same with regards to any kind of quarantining, etc. So why are we still doing this? Everybody should get their back pay. What happened was horrific. Everybody should get their back taxes, too. I feel like the government owes me. The government owes me, not the other way around. And as Kane noted, the numbers, when they reported to count those who had had the uh, the fatalities were attributed to coronavirus, even if it was someone who like had a stroke and they just happened to have COVID or if they had a car accident and they had COVID. It wasn't due to COVID. They had another comorbidity that actually caused the fatality. They should have been listed as the cause of death was this comorbidity. They also had COVID if you need, instead of attributing everything to COVID. Good grief. Just like they did with um, the, when Johns Hopkins had to fact check the numbers that Fauci and others were putting out there. And they kept saying that, well, it's um, all these, all these children, they, the children have to get vaccinated because they hear the fatality rates for children. And they, what they failed to share was that every single one of those cases, without exception, every one, Johns Hopkins went through all of them. They published it. It was a separate piece. They all had a major serious comorbidity. It was, it's, it was all manipulation built on lies. A thousand percent. I just make some, it just enrages me. Enrages me. Still, anytime anybody asks me, have you gotten your vaccine? I'm like, I already had it. I had nature's vaccine. And then I just kind of stare at him for a little bit. Like, do you want to go with me on this? I'm not even. Not even. So we're expanding the IRS. And it came out that a number of IRS employees stole 
over ha almost half a million dollars in uh, taxpayer dollars. Five current and former IRS employees from Tennessee, Mississippi have stolen $418,125 from federal programs for coronavirus relief. And then, and then they applied for another uh, million plus over that. They were employed by the IRS. They went through the Small Business Association's Paycheck Protection Program, according to the DOJ. Hmm. They went, they went after those funds. Are you surprised? Nobody's surprised. Nobody's surprised. We all knew, we all knew that. But we're going to have a whole bunch. We're going to double the size. Double the size. So I'm sure we're going to have more headlines like this. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Coach Cal and two members of the Big Blue Nation. Take a look. This picture of a father and son at UK's blue-white game over the weekend went viral. The man had come straight from working in a coal mine to be at that game. It is a story that hit close to home for Coach Cal. He shared the picture saying his family's American dream started in a coal mine. Well, Coach Cal turned to the Big Blue Nation to help find that family, hoping to connect with them. WKYT's Chad Hedrick is here. And Chad, social media quickly helped identify this father and son. You couldn't look anywhere yeah. on social media today and not see this photo. <laughs> Hands down already. I know it's going to be my favorite story, story of the week. Probably Welcome back to the program. In my career. Dana Lash here with you. This, uh, what ended up happening is there was a Kentucky coal miner who had been working all day and he was identified quickly after all this happened. He'd been working all day and um, he came straight from work to the game at the Appalachian Wireless Arena last Saturday. And he, the guy was identified pretty quickly and his name... Uh, Michael McGuire from Pikeville. He said he had about 45 minutes to get from work to the game because it was his son, Easton's, first basketball game experience. So he said it was either go straight there or miss half the game to go home, take a shower and everything, McGuire said. So he went straight to the game. And he thought it was pretty crazy because he didn't know until Monday when he came above ground, got service. He said, I couldn't believe what was happening. I couldn't believe it was real. But he was there at the game, and of course, you know, he's got the cold minor dust all over him, got the cold dust all over him, sitting there, and his son looks, you know, like his son's in, is having a blast at the game. And so this is so cool that, you know, he's at that blue-white game, and then the coach wanted to talk, Coach Cal. And he actually talked with him, said he talked with him for about a, about a half hour, and his own, the coach's grandfather was a coal miner. And... He said that, you know, his, that's how his family started, so he wanted him to have VIP treatment uh, when the, uh, said when they, the cat's playing rough. So that's pretty cool. I and the guy, the dad was just happy as could be that he was able to be there for it. That's awesome. Man, he did, he did have, he had a lot of dust on him, but it was awesome. What a great, what a great story. But yeah, he said his phone was blown up. Yeah, can you imagine? You're down underground all day and you come back up and your your phone's just blowing up and you realize that you had gone viral because of that. that's actually pretty cool. And that's pretty cool. So awesome, awesome stuff. So that's a very I had to end. We had to end the, the show on that story. Now, also, one of the things we'll talk about tomorrow, they have a 16 person team that they've announced that they're going to start reviewing Kane unexplained aerial phenomena. It's some aliens.
I could have told you that. Show some aliens. I'm interested to see because we didn't we have a story a few days ago or the, about the end of the end of this year. There's supposed to be a lot of disclosure mm-hmm. in regards to uh, UAPs or UFOs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. So they said that the full report is expected to be released uh, to the public in mid 2023, but they're going to keep everything a secret. But yeah, they have a 16 person panel. That's what they're going to be doing. 16 person team. And they're going to look at all the uh, unexplained aerial phenomena is what they're going to do. I just want to see some aliens. That's all I want to see. I was promised. We had uh, Pompeo on, right? And that was like, I think the first question that we asked of him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now we are less than fewer than 10 days away from midterms we're going to continue bringing you every day a little bit more a little bit more as we get closer and closer to it uh we'll make sure that we have that and then i have some wokery too that i didn't get we'll talk about this more tomorrow abc headline america's national parks face existential crisis over race too many white people at the porks what Mm mm-hmm Y'all better stay home. Quit going to them parks and hogging up all the park. Apparently, I don't I don't know. So there you have it. Today's stupidity, although that was pretty good. All right. So before people think that this is audio from like last year or whatever, this was Biden today. Actually, we played some of his audio on the vaccines a little bit earlier. This is what he followed up with. Uh, to me, it's unbelievable. Listen. And if you get it, you're protected. And if you don't, you're putting yourself and other people on necessary risk. uh, why is he still saying these things all of this has already been debunked Mm -hmm. already you know getting vaccinated does not offer you protection it doesn't do anything you still get it you still spread it Mm -hmm. yeah there you go folks that does it for us today i hope you have a great evening sign up for the newsletter chapter verse at substack find us on youtube and facebook and i'll be back behind the mic with you tomorrow